0: From Nashville, Tennessee, welcome to Music City 911. I'm your host Brandon Hall, and I have a couple guests sitting in with me today. One you've uh, been with before, and another one new to the show. Go ahead and introduce yourselves. Hey guys, it's Brett Sharp again. All right, Brett, and uh, if you don't mind, real quick, just quick overview of you know your background and things like that. If, if people haven't heard the, you on the show before.
1: Yeah, if you haven't heard, I think it was on the tornado episode, and then we did a short story-sharing episode, and I was yeah. on that one, too. I've been a dispatcher with Metro Nashville for coming up on four years now. I do police, fire, and call-taking.
0: All right, cool. And our other guest today is? Kenny Hutchins. And Kenny, what if you? Uh, what's your background in the whole 911 field?
2: Well, right now, I work for TDOT, mm. um, but I started out at Sumner County EMS. We did EMS and volunteer fire. Mm. Um, I did that for 10 years. And I worked for Portland Police Department where we dispatched police and fire, and I did that for about five years.
0: Now you mentioned Tdot. Now what uh, for? I mean, obviously I know what it is, but for listeners who don't know, what does that stand for? What do you do out there?
2: It stands for uh, Tennessee Department of Transportation. Okay. Uh, basically, what we do is we monitor all the cameras. We have over 300 cameras on the interstate, mm-hmm. and we sit in a room and we monitor all the cameras. We watch everything that goes on, and when people call Metro Nashville nine one one for help or something on the interstate. We look for it, try to figure out where they are, and try to help send the appropriate units.
0: Yeah, and that's real helpful for the police and firemen that we've got out there on the streets, on the interstate, any controlled access roadway. And by that, I mean it's a roadway who only has exits. You know, if it's a regular roadway, you can pull off in somebody's driveway, you can pull off in a business, you know, parking lot or whatever like that. But with interstates and or Briley Parkway and Ellington Parkway, you can only get on and off at the exit. So there's no real easy way to get off of it. So that's a controlled access roadway. You guys come out and, you know, help us with, you know, just blocking off traffic. If, if we've got a major accident or something like that, you know, helps out with that. And also, you know, kind of the minor things too, like, you know, you run out of gas on the interstate or, you know, uh, tire changes, things like that, you know, kind of basic car stuff. So it's, it's real helpful. Now, your time uh, up in Sumner County, so how many dispatchers y'all have working like per shift? What kind of work did y'all do while you were there?
2: Usually from 7 a.m. to 11 p.m., we had two. Um, And that handled all, um, I believe we had, I think it was 12 to 13 ALS ambulances and Mm -hmm. five BLS ambulances. Okay. Um, We also dispatched for the volunteer fire departments. Okay. Um, There was numerous of those. But after 11 p.m., there was only one dispatcher. (laughs)
3: <laughs> Saturdays,
2: yeah. Saturdays and Sundays, uh, there was only one dispatcher from seven AM to three PM and then again from eleven PM to seven A. M.
0: Yeah, that's that's kind of our slower time too during the day, but still that's that's a lot. And how, uh Sumner County, I mean there's probably there's a couple hundred thousand people up there in there.
2: There is. We were actually um I believe when they did the statistics and everything, we were the second busiest to Metro. Yeah. There's been numerous times that I can remember landing in the helicopter, dispatching a house fire, doing another crash scene or a shooting anything all by myself.
0: Yeah, <laughs> that's pretty, I mean, we've, we get busy. I mean, like when we had the tornadoes or, I mean, there's random pop-up storms. We can get crazy busy and even just sunny days. I mean, it if people decide that the sun's out too bright and, you know, I guess it's just time for us to flip about four cars, you know, right. like that. And it just happens. So yeah, it, it happens a lot and, um, it, it can get busy, but I can't imagine just being like the only person there doing that, and especially middle of the night because you don't ever know what pops up. I mean, it it could be anything. Mm-mm. So on the police end of it, when you were working for was it Portland Police, is that what it was? Or yeah, that's it. Okay, uh, how did uh, like what was your time like there?
2: Uh, it was basically the same thing. Usually throughout the day until about ten o'clock, we'd have two dispatchers. Um, after 10, once again, you were by yourself. Yeah. And, you know, Portland's a small town. It's yeah. a good town, but, you know, we have crime just like everywhere else. Oh, yeah. And it's, it's, you don't know what's going to happen. Yeah. It, sometimes it could be just a couple traf- traffic stops, and sometimes it could be a shooting, a robbery, yeah. anything.
0: Yeah. And that's, that's one of the things that a lot of people don't know. They, they think that the crime that happens, that's what they see on the news. Right. There's so much more. I mean, I, I, I think I've, Told people in the past that maybe the news gets five percent of the big calls only. They don't get the little minor stuff like, you know, somebody's Amazon package got stole off their front porch, or you know, they, all the car wrecks and things like that. I mean they they don't they don't even touch that stuff. So, um, but it's the same way in small towns. I mean, there's the uh, town I lived out in West Tennessee. We had a thousand, a little bit over a thousand people. We had one police officer that worked twenty four hours a day. You know, they would call them at home in the middle of the night if if they were some sort of a you know, emergency or something like that. And he'd come out by himself and, you know, sometimes the County would back him or whatever, but he wow. was the one police officer. So mm. he he had to do all of it himself pretty much. So it, yeah, it even happens in small towns like that. You wouldn't think it, but it does. So we're going to go ahead and start out with our uh, first call that we have. And this is something that's recently happened here in Nashville. Um, it, we had a Uh, call out at one of our big and actually the biggest mall i think it's the biggest mall in tennessee isn't it do you know off the top of your head
1: it's got to be up there pretty close maybe memphis might have something bigger but i can't think of anything
0: yeah i don't know but uh it's it's a huge mall offer mills mall we had a call won't give you any details about uh, what the call was i'll just let it play out just like you know if we were sitting in in our center and we just got the call in
4: i get in here Metro National 911. What's the address of your emergency? Um, I don't know. I'm at Opry Mills Mall. I work here. Um, Wisely, what'd you hear?
3: I just heard, that she heard gunshots. Okay. And everyone
4: was okay. running. Okay. What is the address? It's Opry Mills. What's the address? Um, three nine two Opry Mills Drive. Yeah. Okay, three nine two. Okay. We're gonna get some help um, out there to you right, I'm
3: gonna move
4: your chair. okay okay stay on the line with
3: me
4: i've got 392 We're opry right mills right drive i've got what, to is, what store are you in right now carter's Is it Cato's? Carter's. carter's okay Okay. and what is your name kenzie, kenzie. i'm sorry that's- i'm sorry I'm sorry, what's your name? Kenzie Flynn. Oh, sorry. Oh. Kenzie Flynn. Okay. What's the phone number you're calling from, Kenzie? My, what? My cell phone. Ma'am? I'm calling from my cell phone. What is the number? Okay, tell me exactly what happened. My man, my manager heard gunshots. How many? And everyone was running and screaming. I don't know. Okay. Okay. And are you guys safe in the location that you're at right now? Yes. Yes. Ma- yes, ma'am. Okay. I'm sorry. i can, yes. can you ask your manager where where she heard it from and how many? Wait, she didn't say how many. Is the manager there with you, you right office. now? He's consoling someone who's having a panic attack. Okay, okay. Okay. All right, stay on the line with me. All right, we're going to get some help. Okay, out you're there. fine. Okay. Okay. Okay, okay it looks like we. Okay. And how many people yeah, are Yeah, people with are you? probably calling you. Yes, yes, ma'am. Uh, a handful. It's, we're all in the back. Okay. Four, three. okay. All right, we'll go. Up. Okay, so we do have a call up. Um, I'm going to go ahead and, and just okay. add you to it, and we'll have responses. Okay.
3: Right
4: there. Okay. okay. Try Sunday, to stay on the phone? The no, ma'am. If you have any more okay. information or if anything changes, give us a call back. Okay. Okay. All right. Thank I'll- you. Bye. Bye-bye.
0: And then we continue with calls. There were multiple calls after that. Uh, how many do you think that we actually had, Brett, total?
1: I'd probably say uh, about 50 more or less, somewhere around that number.
0: Yeah. 50 or more calls and they all come in at once. I mean, you hear shots fired in the mall, everybody picks up their phone and they start dialing.
1: Yeah, I feel like they, you may have covered it before, but you know, you got something big when you look over and your phone has just 911 calls backed up over 10 or so. Then, you know, you got something big coming in. It's yeah. just not a couple emergencies happening at the same time.
0: Yeah, it's one big incident. So, all right, here's the next call. Okay, okay. 911,
4: what is the address of your emergency?
0: Yeah, hi, Opry Mills uh, Mall. I hear gunshots.
4: Okay. Where are you in the mall? Uh, we are at PacSun. It's near the food court. Near the food court, there are gunshots. Okay, what's the phone number you're calling from? Uh, phone number is area code 3- And your name? Andrew. Andrew, how many shots have you heard? A lot, a lot. How much is a lot?
3: Uh, Multiple, I, I don't know.
4: Okay. Did you see or hear anything else? Uh, no, just people running. We're in the back of the store now. Okay, you said you're near Paxson? Yes, yes, okay, we're in Pacsun right now. All right, I'm going to go ahead and get help started, okay? I'm going to go ahead and okay, let you go. Okay, thank you so much. Thank you. All right.
0: Th- Bye. Thank you. So one person did get shot there in the mall, and um, we were talking off air. Apparently, the, the guy, it happened in one of the little access hallways. We, we're pretty Pretty sure that's where it happened at. It was a targeted shooting, it wasn't something random. It was two groups, one person shot at another person and it kinda happened like that. The shooter who has since been arrested, uh juan Gaines, he was nineteen years old. Uh haven't said it specifically, but I imagine it probably had something to do with some sort of gang type thing. I mean it most of the shootings we have in Nashville have some sort of at least loose affiliation with a gang type thing. Either that or drugs or both. So I would imagine it's probably something like that. And Gaines, he's uh, been arrested for attempted murder, felony reckless endangerment, and using a gun in the commission of a dangerous felony. So he's got quite a few charges, and his family apparently turned him in. So he went in without incident or anything like that. So that's that's at least one aspect of it. The victim, last I heard, I guess he was still in the hospital. So I, I guess he didn't pass away. I don't know if he's got out or what kind of condition he was in, but, you know, it's... You know, bad day when you go to a mall, you get shot like that for whatever reason. But, you know, granted, he sounds like he may have been involved with something, too. But regardless what you're involved with, you shouldn't get shot like that. So, Brett, what was your role in this? Because you were actually working when all this was going on.
1: So, that day, I was the relief dispatcher. So, when people had lunch breaks, I kind of was the one that was in charge of relieving their radio. So, I'd been working the police radio for the part of town where this occurred. Mm. Probably about 10, 15 minutes, maybe. It was pretty regular day, nothing exciting going on. And all of a sudden I get a call in pending says shots fired at the mall. And, um, so it just kind of took off from
0: there. Yeah. So, um, you said about 50 calls you get in, uh, was it one of these situations where you get like one call and it keeps on adding or did you get multiple calls all at once in your pending?
1: I think it was actually just the one call that we got. That's pretty amazing. (laughs) There there wasn't duplicates. Everybody kind of just saw it, I think, because we got the common name system, so if you type Opry Mills in there it gives you the address. It's not like... uh on the interstate where sometimes it won't pop up and tell you it's a duplicate call. Yeah. But, um, it just got the one call. There was a slight delay between the first one coming in and then the multiple other ones. Yeah. So it was kind of like, is this real? Is this, cause it's right by the river. And sometimes we get duck hunters on that river. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, I don't know if it's duck season or not, but it's, potentially no, I don't that, uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> but there's a, always that potential that that's what it could be. So it was kind of a, you know, a hesitant thing. Like, you know, is this really something going on? But it was quickly apparent that something actually was happening.
0: Yeah. Now, what do you think about this? Like, have you had anything where y'all had that many calls come in, especially with you? I mean, cause us, when we are up there, B detail that day, what you probably had, what, 10, 12 people on the phones, at least, if not more than that, like on the phones, like in general, you would have been there with, one person doing everything and i mean we have you know 25 between i'd say between 22 and 30 probably dispatchers at one time working the radios and the phones and everything you get something like that coming in by yourself i mean what at a small agency like that what happens do they just get put on hold or how does it work
2: basically you just got to prioritize a little bit yeah we've never had an active shooter situation like yeah. that um but it's it was not uncommon to hear the 911 phone ring. We had three 911 lines where I worked.
0: Just three? Just three. Wow.
2: But it was not uncommon for the 911 phone to ring. You hear one tone and look up, and all three were flashing at the same time. Yeah. So at that point in time, all you've got to do is prioritize. hmm And, you know, the critical call comes first. Whoever yeah. needs the most help comes first. It kind of sounds bad, but... That's the reality of the game. That's the way it is.
0: Yeah, I mean, that's the way it should be, and once the way we tell people that are sitting and pending. You know, if they're sitting out with a wreck and they call back 30 minutes later saying, well, I'm still sitting out here waiting for the police. Why aren't the police here? We have to tell them we go on a priority system. We have to go to the emergency calls first, and, you know, if somebody's life-threatening emergency, that takes precedence over your car wreck.
2: Right. One of the – if I could offer any advice to other 911 operators listening, some, especially with something like that, yeah, stay calm. Yeah. Those two operators that we listened to, they did a fantastic job. Absolutely, yeah. These people are calling on the worst day of their lives. Yeah. And it's probably not going to get any worse for them. They're yeah. having to call 911 for something. They're hearing shots, and they don't know where it's coming from.
0: Yeah, and they're in a mall. I mean, you, exactly. you everything you see on the news, you immediately jump to somebody's out there just shooting people at random. And, you know, luckily it wasn't the case. But still, your, your mind jumps to that because the news is kind of programmed you to do just that, you know.
2: Right. And if we get excited, they're calling us for help. Yeah. If we get excited, they get excited. Mm-hmm. So the only thing that you can do is stay calm, take a deep breath, and try not to get overwhelmed.
0: Yeah, and that's <laughs> that's a, a big deal. Now, um, something else I was going to ask, like on the EMS side, because we didn't have anything. I mean, you know, me and Brett, we know on a, from a smaller agency, if you get a shots fired, is it something that they would kind of standard send some uh, a ambulance or out or something like that, or is it going to be just police first? Because with us, it's just police. If we get a victim, they actually send the police after, or eight uh, ambulance after that.
2: A normal call, shots fired. It's just police. Okay. At least it was when I was there. Yeah. Um, now, if we know that we might have, if there's a potential that we might have a victim,
0: yeah, they're going. Yeah, that's kind of where, what it is with us. I mean, if they think you know somebody's laying down, kind of like this dude, um, you know, we'll we'll send them out at that point. And you know, it t- it takes some time. I mean, you imagine a big mall like this. I mean, there, any given time, I'd say what two, three thousand people at this mall. I mean. I don't know exactly. I don't know. I'd have to look up the numbers on it, but there's a lot of people at this mall. I mean, it's it's huge. And there are people out walking. There are people in every store. There's hundreds of stores there. The food court is, you know, it's huge too. So, I mean, everything about this, there's a lot of people there. And, and you know, they said to just see people running. I can only imagine that, you know, half of them are running, the other half are on their phones calling up there for us, you know. And, you know, I'd, I'd be willing to bet that because the mall is so big, people in other parts of the mall probably didn't even know what was going on.
2: Right.
0: You know, when they, they walk up and they're like, okay, why is everybody running? So they right. probably didn't even hear the shots fired.
2: And you know, from an officer standpoint also, when those officers get there talking about how many people's running out, that's a lot of hands to watch. Yeah. Because at this point they don't know who the suspect is. Exactly. They have no clue. Yeah. And they have no clue what his intentions are.
0: Yeah. If he, just like we were saying, if, if he's there to shoot everybody, if he's there to start up something to where he could, you know, suicide by a cop or something like that, or, there's, there's no telling you know, what his, his thought process at that point was. Luckily, we found out afterwards that it was just he was aiming for one person, and that was it. But still, it's, it's it could be anything. So one of the things we kind of talked about was the, the coding of the call. It makes a big difference in this call, in, in a, a case like this. So you received the call initially on the police side as a, was it shots fired, and that was it?
1: Yeah. Just shots fired, no reported victims or anything like that. So it's the same thing as if somebody was in their neighborhood saying, Hey, I heard two gunshots.
0: Okay. So uh, I would imagine you sent, you know, initially a couple officers and probably notified the sergeant, all that kind of good stuff. And I would imagine that other officers kind of checked and route themselves past that, but standard on that is a couple officers.
1: Yeah. if, If I remember correctly, I think I may have just sent it to a couple of them that had cleared off. And then we changed it from a just a shots fired call to a reported active shooter because there were a couple updates in the call that said those words, and once that happens, it starts a ball that you can't really stop. Yeah,
0: and once you have the active shooter, it, it steps everything up. I mean, like pretty much it goes out on all the radios on the police side. The, the biggest difference, I think, and we were kind of talking about this too, is on the fire side, the sheer amount of equipment that goes out. As soon as we get the active shooter, active aggressor thing, How much equipment is it that actually goes out on it?
1: So just just a little background, all of our fire trucks, they're all paramedics, EMTs on board, so they all know medical training. So it'll send, I believe it's two engines, Mm -hmm. which are the first due. They're usually the closest. And
0: there's three uh, personnel on each one of those, at least three to four, but most times three.
1: And then you'll get a, a truck, which is like a ladder truck, and then you'll get a rescue, which has just rescue equipment on board as well gets um probably half the department's chiefs that are working yeah and then um it's at least five medics i believe
0: yeah so they they send it out just as a a worst case scenario so that's that's the initial dispatch if there's you know if there's found out that there's more victims or whatever like that they can always add more we've got a whole lot more ambulances in in nashville past that but you know the initial dispatch on that's pretty pretty daunting i mean (laughs) you think about it uh that's 10 plus units on the very first initial dispatch that's uh the same or if if now actually i'm thinking it it may be more than even like a a house or structure fire yeah when you had the medics
1: in there if you counted them as engines it's pretty close to a to a structure fire response it gets more medics than an airliner crash does
0: yeah actually now (laughs) you say that i think it does yeah (laughs) but at the same time like the the you know airliner crashes like that it's kind of it's more of a case-by-case type thing yeah we've We've had in the time I've been there, a lot of people don't think too much about it, but we've had several airline crashes in Nashville. Most of them are small though, very small. Like it's you know, a single pilot and they go down in a field and they walk away from it. Or uh, you know, off the end of a runway. It it happens a lot more than you think, but it's it's one of these things where it's not a commercial airliner where a hundred plus people get killed where you see on the news. It just it doesn't happen that often. You're safe in the sky, so don't get scared of anybody <laughs> out there. <laughs> So something we mentioned earlier on the week in our uh, Facebook discussion group that I hope everybody joins and gets in there and chats with everybody is one of our problematic callers we've had for actually the past few years. Brett, you've talked to her a few times. I know I've talked to her more than enough times, more times than I want to. And uh, they finally arrested her. Um, I won't give her name out here if you want to catch that. I got a link to the article or maybe a screenshot, something like that to the article. But um, she calls in all the time. I mean, it's, it's not, it's not every single day, but we, we, I've talked about it before. We get our, our share of crazy people that call in just want to talk to somebody or voice, whatever is in their head at the time. This woman, she calls in the first few seconds. It sounds like a normal caller. And then it just goes downhill. It gets over the top crazy. Half the time she's saying some of the weirdest sexual stuff you will ever hear. Um, I know that, uh, you know, one of the calls we were talking about off the air on this woman, she be at a bus stop and she says that she's so. What is it? How does it go? Like uh, one of the things.
1: Yeah, it's so hot outside that she can't keep her legs closed and just real just vulgar things like that that just come out of absolutely nowhere. It seems.
0: Yeah, and it, believe me, it's it's stuff I don't Yeah, re- I've got a poor mouth. Believe me, I I cuss a lot. So I mean, I I try to keep it out of the show here, but. You know this woman. The stuff she says makes me blush sometimes. It's it's bad. I mean, she, she probably you know, she's got a sailor's mouth. I mean, even past that, uh, I don't even know how to describe it. But you know, we we get a lot of people like this. Luckily, she was arrested, and uh you know, for finally, I think calling in false calls is what the actual charge was, and it might have been something else additional to that. You do you know what it was?
1: I have a feeling it was probably related to a call, but they they got her ping on the phone and i think they found her in a building that's supposed to be vacant she wasn't supposed to be in
0: oh well there you go hopefully it'll remedy the situation at least for a little while i don't have utmost faith that it will you know completely remedy the situation but hopefully this is starting of something that maybe they'll lock her up every time that she's calling in like this because when she does call it's probably 10 15 times a day several times in a row or spaced out sometimes it's and it's been going on for years so i'm glad she's locked up but Kind of brings up the whole, you know, crazy thing. Uh, what were you talking about a little while ago about uh, one of your <laughs> crazies you had? Uh,
2: yeah, we have problematic callers in Gallatin also. Uh-huh. Uh, one of our most known ones were we knew her name. She knew our names because we were a smaller agency. Yeah. And she would call for anything. I mean, aliens above her house, FBI coming after, her, CIA looking for her. But her. the one that she called about the most was her toaster and her oven did not get along. <laughs> and they were throwing sparks at each other back and forth, fighting.
1: <laughs> That's pretty good. Yeah. I've got a, another story kind of related to this. When I was growing up, I used to do a lot of ride alongs. And one time we had a call. This lady, she'd call in and she would always say there's some strange lights coming through her window. And so the officers were all familiar with her. So we go out there again just to, you know, check on her, make sure she's all right. And what the issue was is she, her house was at the end of an intersection, like a little T intersection. So the cars would come up, stop at the stop sign. Their headlights would flash in their window, you know, as they <laughs> make the turn. So she called a couple times this night, I think. We didn't go out on the first call, but on the second call, we, we got dispatched to it. And uh, so it was pretty apparent that we were going to have to somehow remedy it tonight because she was real upset about it. So she had some tinfoil. And so the officer of she decided to. Uh, <laughs> he decided to take the tinfoil, and he put it over the window. She never called again. It blocked out the light. That's all she needed, and
0: she was happy. See, that's amazing that like uh, some very specific ingenuity from an officer will will come up with something like that. We had a woman that called us, and there was nothing we could do. She wouldn't call us on 911. She would call the non emergency number, but it was. I, I don't. I don't know if she ever slept. I mean, for the first probably four or five years I worked there, she would call it. You know, at 8 a.m., again at like 11, 3, you know, and then all through the night, just, you know, little intervals like that. And she would call about the same things, that there were kids running in and out of her house and things like that. And there were snakes out in her yard, all kinds of different just nonsense that wasn't happening. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, she'd always say, oh, I can't stand crime. It, this is terrible. I mean, how these kids get away with all this stuff, and there was never any kids there messing with or anything. So, you know, every once in a while, kind of like you were saying, we'd have an officer go out there that way and check on her. Well, one day, and uh, th- this is, you know, it's, it's good and bad, I guess. I don't know. He went, uh, one of the officers went out and talked to her and she goes off on her little tangent again about how much she hates crime and how she can't stand it and everything. And he says, well, a buddy of mine's an officer down the, the next county down. And uh, he says, there's like, there's no crime at all down there. It's incredible. It's It's the safest place in America. They went by there the next day. She packed up all of her stuff and she was moving. She moved the <laughs> she next county young. down. Yeah, and uh, seriously, I, I, we heard a little bit from her after that, but um, I think she ended up getting put in a you know, mental health facility or something like that afterwards because uh, she was pretty old. But yeah. Oh, okay, so she, she wasn't living in Gallatin.
1: No, she. <laughs> <laughs>
0: no, she didn't have a a, a, a you know, feuding kitchen appliances or anything like that. So yeah, <laughs> that's pretty good. All right, so we'll get on to our next calls now. And uh, this is, you know, the, the calls themselves that we'll listen to, they're they're not necessarily that that shocking. Uh, I won't really give you any info about it, but it's not something that's really stand out. It's, it's the, the combination of this plus all the events that happened afterwards. Uh, there's a lot of information on this. There's a lot of uh, different calls that were called in. I won't play all of them. But I'm going to play some audio from that, from the police officers that responded. Um, there's a lot of other stuff to go along with it. I'll just go ahead and play the first one now and we can kind of get into it afterwards.
4: Hi, I have a, I'm at my house on 49th and Lacrosse and this is an African-American man with a big knife. I'm sorry, you said 49th and Lacrosse? Yes. You said he's a male African-American. What is he wearing? Yes, yeah, he's wearing a black shirt and black shorts. And he said he has a knife? Yeah. Where is he right now? Uh, he's walking up on me. He's walking towards you? Yeah. Are you he's on 49th? He's walking west on 49th. He's following you? Yeah, he's walking up on us. He's, walking, he's walking, on walking westbound on 49th? Yeah, he's walking up on us. No, they don't put you here, wait. Uh, Your name? No, 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 stop Sir, your name? What? Huh? Your name? Yeah. Walking west on the 49th also, correct? Yeah, by my house. Okay, So do you know who he is? No, he just walked up on me and my friend. He was dropping me off. What are you wearing, sir? I'm sorry? What are you wearing? I'm wearing a uh, beige sword. Beige sword? Hello, sir. Hello, sir. I'm sorry. What's going on, sir? He's us with a legs for no reason. Okay, I understand. You say you're wearing big shorts, colored top. Yeah, big sweater, gray sweater. A gray sweater. And you're still going westbound on 49th. Uh I'm going back to my house. I'm going east. You're walking eastbound again. Yes, but I'm following him. He's on 49th Do and Lambert. Do not ever. follow him. Do not approach him. I'm just, no, I'm not. I'm just making sure. I, I want to know where he goes. And you said he's out by 49th and Lamont, or where? Yeah, and that Lamont? Yeah, he's headed towards Venom Park on 49th. So he's still walking westbound? Yeah, he's going away now. I don't know if he clicked there. I think he did, right? So Does anybody need medical attention? Yes, I think my friend might have gotten, uh... Let me trust you to the fire department. Stay on the line. Do not disconnect. (laughs) Chicago Fire Department, Craig. I, uh, I think my friend might need medical attention on 49th and LaCrosse. Okay, 49th and LaCrosse, and what's going on, sir? Uh, there was a man that walked up on my friend and me when he was dropping me off, and he was just paying at me walking up towards us and he out a knife. Okay, did he stab your friend? I think he might have, uh, flashed him. Because my friend was trying to pull away in his car and this guy ran up. Wait, oh, did he try to what him? My friend tried to pull out of the driveway in his car. Uh-huh. And this guy ran out to the window and I think he might have slashed his forearm. Okay, so he wants an ambulance to go to the hospital? Hmm, just to check on him. Cause I'm not sure. Where is he's at, he's back is at the house right now. He's at the house right now. Oh, do you have the address there? Yes. 4 South of avenue. At, I think so it's a house, not an apartment? Yeah, it's a house. What's his name? Okay, does he have a phone number I can have? No, I'm not sure. So, you, But you don't even know if he's there or not? He just drove away? No, my friend, she stopped at the house, but we're following the suspect right now because Do not follow the 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 offender, sir. I told you, stop following the offender. We're just trying to see where he goes. Okay, sir, you're putting yourself yourself in harm's way. Stop. This guy cannot get away. Okay, if you put yourself, sir, this is on the recorded line. Do not put yourself in harm's way. Stop following the offender. Ma'am, I'm just looking at where he's at. That's it. I'm not following him. He's far away. You just said he cut your friend and you're still following him. Okay, sir. What? Uh, how old is your friend? I'm uh twenty two. Okay, and have you talked to him since he drove away? He is at my house. He tried pulling me okay, away no but feet? then he stopped. Okay. Alright, and oh. you don't know his phone number? No. All right, we're going to send some help over there, then. Uh, yes, sir, yes, Sir, where are you? you? Me? Yes, where are you? I am on 49th and Laporte. I'm going to ask that you stop following him, sir. I'm not following him anymore. I already told you this. You just said you were trying to see where he was going, sir. We just wanted the cops to come to get the motherfucker in that state. I've already forwarded this over at, Okay. This has already been forwarded over for dispatch. I need to know Thank where you are going to be, sir. I'm going to walk back to the house right now, because this fucker got away already. I I'm, I'm All right, please. We'll okay. see you over at uh... Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. You got your agent right the person... I think he's right there, look. So where do you see him? I'm sorry? So you just saw him. Where do you see him? Yeah, I see him walking in the middle of uh, Vietnam Park by the softball field. It might be him, I'm not sure. Right, I, we can't really tell, he's far away. So it's the softball field? Yes. I don't think that's him, dude. That guy's skinny, right? That thing, skinny, right? That guy's skinny. Oh, no, oh, shit. Mm-hmm. Hello, sir. Is that fair yes. or is that not him? Oh, he's beating him. Yo, yo, run, dude! Run! run! Run, dude! Run! Hello, sir? Yes? yes. Can you no. see somebody else? Hey, what time might be a setup, nigga? No, 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 come back. To do come not come follow him. Do not follow him. Do not follow him. All right, well, walk that way, bro. I'm gonna away. Are you by the park? Yeah, we're walking away, though. Oh. It's a setup, dude. He's walking away slowly. I thought it was to real bro. I thought it was a real thing. That's am sorry, it's probably a setup. I'm telling you. This is so weird. Why is he looking back? Why is he looking back? Well, hey, I called you people for ten minutes ago, bro. Sir, we have not been on the phone for ten minutes. Eight minutes. Sir, this has already been forwarded over to Cross. Are you there? Um by the house, I'm walking back. Uh there was probably a setup this.
3: Push.
4: Are you walking back towards Foster? Yes, I am. You stopped following the offender. I was not following him. No. I was just watching from the corner. I could see the whole park. Oh, are you
3: serious?
4: Okay, sir. I'll go ahead and forward this over. Police I Okay. Resources Please. permit, and officer will deal with you, okay? Oh, thank you. Thanks.
0: And then they start getting more calls about the same guy.
4: Chicago Emergency Terry, can I help you? Hi, I'm calling because my husband and um, my um, he lives with me. Um, I'm sorry. There's this guy walking and he He has has a knife and he's been trying to come at them. Um, He's walking down my back. back. Where is your husband in your house or outside? No, they're outside. Okay, what is this? I'm trying to get them inside, but he keeps keeps chasing him. Listen to me. What is the address you need the police at? South Cross Avenue. Do you know the guy? Or your husband knows? No. Are you okay? Guy? Is it a neighbor, ma'am? Who's got the knife? No, some random guy. Okay. Um, what is a- coming. Okay. okay. Answer my questions. What's your name? Uh-huh. Your name. But- and when your phone number. like black, white, Hispanic, Asian. Um, black. How, old, was about? how old about? How um, old I really couldn't see him. Teens, 30, 40? Uh, I want to say like twenty. Okay, what was he wearing? Color shirt? What color pants or shorts? Black shirt. Um, black shorts. He was um carrying a knife. Um, okay. how big of a knife? How big of a knife? I couldn't. That I could not see. Okay. All right. Where is he now, this guy? They went running down. She went running down 49th towards um towards um. Are you okay? Oh my God! Did it go east or west on 49? Um, towards um towards Cicero or away from Cicero? Towards Central. Going towards Central. Did they say something to your husband? No. Um. He just ran by. What a nice yes. So what Did happened? He say was, anything to anybody. No. What happened was uh. Uh-huh we have our friend living with us and he called my husband um, saying that something was happening and we didn't know what was going on so he was he sounded very scared and frantic so my husband ran out to see what was going on and then he saw um, um the friend that we have living with us and he told him and he was walking away towards cicero and he started coming back and then he had some, I'm going to need an ambulance, um, okay, let me get the- Did somebody get caught. Your, yes. your friend. Yes, your friend.
3: Yeah,
4: no, not his, his friend was here with him and he got caught. All right, hold on. Let me get the paramedics. Don't hang up. You need to talk. Okay. Right Chicago, Fire department. Wilson.
3: Awesome.
4: Hi, I'm calling because, um, someone got cut. Um, and it's a bad gash. It's all the way through down to his, um, like, I could see a bone. What's your address? South LaCrosse Avenue. Is that a house or apartment? House. Now, the person that cut them, are they still there? I just called, I just got off with dispatch. Um, I called them about him. He is not, I don't know where he is. Okay, so are you there? I am here. All right. Now go and get some towels, like clean towels, clean cloths, I put it over where they were cut at and hold it there. Okay. Is hold the it person, on there. The person Don't. conscious and talking to you? Yes. He's conscious. He's standing here with me. All right. We got help on the way over there already. Now, where exactly was he cut? Uh, on his hand. On his right hand? on top. Yes. Okay. Just hold it there. It's Now, what was he cut with? A knife.
3: Is it still inside of his hand? No. Okay, yeah, just hold the towel there,
4: apply pressure to try to control the bleed. We're in a house, right? Yes. What's your phone number?
3: we will see you over there. You got
4: it. All Thank right, you. help's on the way. Thank you.
0: So the next thing we have is the audio from the police body camera. And, uh, you can kind of get an idea of what happens from this. I'll go into a little bit more detail after we get finished talking about this. And there's actually a video of the body camera, um, that I'll provide a link to in our social medias and things like that, but we'll play the audio right now.
3: Do you see him? Up. My man, put your hands up. Put your hands up. Let's see your hands. Put your hands up. Hands up now. Put your hands up, you understand?
0: God, dear, hands, up. hands up,
3: don't. Don't you dare. Put your hands up. Put your hand. Put your hands
1: up. Yep. Hazer.
3: Oh. Put the fucking knife down. Drop the goddamn knife. RUB IT! oh
4: shit! Fuck What? Fuck Let it go! No! Let it go! Help! Let it go. Help! Let it go. Help! Calling in. I, I just heard a bunch of gunshots it's going anywhere. At Bidham Park, 5,000 block of Laverne. Okay, then did you see anything? No, but I mean okay. it was locked. Okay, I'll let the police know. What's they your name ma'am? Okay, well let them know. Thank you, ma'am. Thank you.
0: So the last call that we heard was a woman calling in about the gunshots that she heard the police doing the shooting on this. Uh, obviously this is audio, but To kind of give you an idea on the video, which I will provide a link, like I said, in uh, social media, like the Facebook group and Twitter and all that. So the video, you can very clearly see this guy has a huge knife. It's a big butcher knife. And he gets up when they start talking to him, you know, they, they tell him not to reach for anything. They, they say, put whatever down and, you know, put the knife down. Uh, They say, uh, um, put your hands up multiple times. I'm wanting to say it's probably about eight or 10 times. He gets up with this huge knife in his hand, starts walking over towards the officers. And when he won't stop, you know, after repeatedly asking him to, to stop and put the knife down, all that, they end up tasing him. He goes down. But even with all this, he still gets back up. Then the other officer also tries to tase him and it's either ineffective or he's just able to go past it. Maybe he's on drugs. I, I don't know. But he gets up with the, the taser prod still in, in, in his skin and still trying like, to shock him he walks over to the female officer with this huge knife, grabs her, stabs her three times in the gut. And at that point, the police officers, um, they, they end up shooting him. And, uh, even after that, all those gunshots that you hear, most of them were on target. It looked like anyway, that almost all those shots probably hit him because the officers that were there, there were two other officers. They, uh, they were probably within five feet of this guy, maybe not quite that much, but it was, they were really close. So, with all that going on, we have our next call that comes up and this uh, kind of shows you the narrative of people who are not involved in the situation and they just jump to a conclusion.
4: Yep. Hey, Hi. I'm over here near 45th and Laverne. I just recorded a video of these police shooting this guy for no reason in the park and a bunch of cops just showed up over there and I have it all on video okay, what is I wasn't doing anything okay, what is your name? and then, what is your phone number? okay, and where is this park? what the fuck is this car called, you guys? what? call the camera park?
3: Venom
4: Park. Redham Park. V-I-T-T-U-M. Park. V-I-T-T-U-M Park? Yeah. You want me to get your supervisor on the phone? I mean, you want me to get your supervisor out there so he can, can see the video? I, I, I don't care who you get out here, I mean, there's a ton of cops over here, but that shit was fucking wild, right? <sighs> All these police are showing up right now, and I got this video of this guy. He wasn't doing anything. Somebody done shot our gun fucking ten times. All on video. Okay. Um that wild can. to me? Is that wild to you? Because that's wild to me. Okay, one second.
0: Okay, so that call, in general, it's, it's messed up, you know, from from start to finish, this guy, I'm I'm not exactly sure if he was on drugs or having some some sort of a mental episode or what it was, but, you know, he's the police, and I'm going to say we probably during this. I'll say that collectively as the police dispatch, all that kind of thing. We didn't just show up there on a whim. We got calls about this dude. You know, the the Chicago, Chicago police dispatch, they got a call about this guy. He was chasing somebody, sliced the guy's arm or hand, something like that with this huge butcher knife, and the cut was so bad it went all the way down to the bone. We didn't pull this out of thin air and just show up on this dude. You know, this, like this last guy kind of pointed out, there was a reason we were there. We had very good reason for being there. Um, and for this, they, you know, went up, and like just like I said, all these commands that the officers gave, he disobeyed every single one of them. And you'll see in the video, which, like I said, we'll, I'll have the, the link there, it is a very, very graphic video. The police sergeant, it was actually the sergeant that was out there, the female, um, she did get stabbed, like I said, it's two or three times. Luckily, every one of them was in her vest. None of them penetrated her vest, so she ended up being okay, but you can't tell that by the video. And um, if you you can actually hear in the audio of the video and everything like that that you can hear her when she's getting stabbed and everything. It's, I'm sure that regardless of it didn't penetrate this is Kevlar so it's a soft armor she felt that you know it's regardless of how it went but he was he was trying to actually kill her now if, if she wouldn't have had a vest on or didn't have it positioned correctly or something like that this would have been something completely different because this knife was probably I don't know eight ten inches long at least it would have probably cut all the way through her or close to it so she would have had a, a world of hurt from that and maybe even died from it so they were completely justified in you know having to take this guy down. Um, but, yeah, uh, so, guys, what do you think? I mean, theres I don't know if there's any controversy past this one dude who thought he jumped on something that wasn't the case. Uh, what do you think about this in general?
1: I haven't seen any news articles on it or anything, so hopefully it was pretty quickly investigated and very apparent that it was a justified shooting. But, yeah, just, just hearing him just come to the conclusion that, with what he just briefly saw from I'm guessing probably a distance. Cause I didn't see him up close in the video, you know, trying to stop the guy with the knife at all. So it was just kind of sad that that's the conclusion he came to within just a few seconds of seeing this happen.
0: Yeah, exactly. Um, there's, I mean, I get it, you know, I, to a degree, I get it, but there's something that prompted him to start recording his, his phone. It wasn't that, you know, these guys, these police officers are walking into a park and just because they're walking into a park, you know, in the middle of the night that, yeah. Hey, I better you know record this. It it doesn't happen that way. You know, it, I would imagine he probably heard them you know like yelling at this guy to put his hands up or put the knife down, something like that, and you know got all of it past that. Um, but yeah, it's it, so much to it, Kenny.
2: You know, unfortunately, that's what our society has come to. Yeah, is people would rather pick up a telephone and start turning on that camera and videotaping everything than stepping in to help or do something that's right. Yeah. For those of you that have not seen the video yet, this suspect is not a small individual.
0: He's a big dude. I'm a big dude. He's, He's probably bigger than I am. He is
2: a hoss. And it takes them tasing him twice, and it still doesn't affect him. No. For there's a lot of people out there that say, you know, why can't they just tase him? Why can't they spray him? This is yeah, a perfect they did. example. Yeah. It doesn't work all the time.
0: No. And, and, you know, the taser, it's it's a good tool. I mean, it's a really good tool to use, but there's a limit to it. And this, and this one right here, it absolutely showed the limit of it. Like I said, I don't know if it was him. It dropped him initially, but I don't know if he just powered through it or what happened. But he got up afterwards and he got up like it was nothing at all to him and just took off after this woman grabbed her and just started plunging this knife in her gut. You know, it was, it's bad. So, I mean, like I said, when you get a chance to watch the video, the link that I'll provide and everything that I've mentioned several times, I, I want it to be clear beforehand. It is very, very graphic. It is really hard to watch the first time i saw it i saw the 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 kind of title of the video and everything and i was like okay i it's probably not too much at all i gasped when it started happening you know i i've seen people tased before i've seen all that kind of stuff that's not that big a deal when you see something like up close like this the the uh, body camera from the sergeant that actually got stabbed he is right up on her it's right there you can see him plunging this knife trying to get it up in her gut it's, it's horrible. So, you know, just be advised before you jump in this video, it's really, really hard to watch on all fronts. I mean, not only do you see this happening, you see this, you know, the suspect gets shot multiple times. Luckily it was dark. So you can't really see how he got shot and all that kind of stuff. There's not really that much blood and gore or anything like that, but it's just the way it happened. And all those shots, they stopped shooting. As soon as he fell to the ground, he was still standing up through all of those shots that, that happened. So I'm guessing he was probably on some sort of drugs. Um, But like I said, I'm speculating. I have no idea.
2: Now switching to, you know, the 911 operator side, when you're a 911 dispatcher, one of the worst things that you can hear is shots fired. Yeah. Coming from one of your officers. It doesn't matter whether it's shots fired by the police or shots fired by a suspect. That's one of the worst things you can hear. And it gets your adrenaline pumping. It gets you excited. I have to commend that, that dispatcher. She did a very good job of holding her stuff together. Yeah to
0: keep it calm and take a hold of the situation. And she was trying to get the, the location of where they were so they can send more help to them if, if they needed it and everything. Because, um, you know, initially, you really think about it, they get sent out this call from the two callers. They've got an address on one. I think they had cross streets on another. Um, at one point, they I think they did say he was by the softball fields or something like that. I can't remember exactly, but, you know, it's a big area right there. So they're trying to send an ambulance to, for the suspect to, you know, make sure he's all right. Later on, they checked out the the police sergeant. She was okay. They had another ambulance come out for her. But, um, you know, that. And, in addition to that, the suspect did not make it on this. He um, he was, you know, pronounced dead there on the scene. But, I mean, this is – it was incredible all around. It was a, a hard call from start to finish, every bit of it. Um, I don't like that this guy got shot. I don't. Uh, but, you know, it's it's just like anything else. You take an action, there's going to be a reaction to it, and that's what happened. You try to stab a police officer, you know, they're going to shoot you. It's, it's plain and simple. I mean, and be very justified in doing it. That was the only way they could, they could have got this dude to stop. So, yeah, I will have the, that video. There's actually multiple angles there. Um, I'll have that posted. If you haven't done so yet, you gotta go to our various groups. Uh, the first one that you should probably check out is our Facebook group. You can look it up, Music City 911 Podcast Discussion. We get on there, and I post pictures of suspects and sometimes victims, uh, just different things, mostly suspects, though, because I, I, I want to you know, keep their kind of face out there. That way, if they ever get out again or whatever like that, that you'll know who it is and just kind of have a face with the, the, the call and all that kind of thing. But um, join us there. Join us on Twitter. And also Instagram, both of those, at Music City 911 And consider donating to the show, Patreon. It's patreon.com slash City 911 And, uh, you know, a few of the episodes we've had, we always wanted to kind of close it out on a, a different note, a little bit brighter. Because these, you know, calls that we've had today, especially this last one, it's really, really hard stuff. It's, it's hard to get through, but to try to lighten it up... Uh, can you told us a good, good story. I don't know if this is lightening it up. Yeah, anyway. uh, yeah. This is, to to kind of give you an idea of we take everything on nine one one calls. You will never guess all the the type of stuff that we take. Um, go ahead and tell us your favorite call that you took.
2: It's got to be. We took a call one night. It was a normal slow night. Um, the nine one one phone rang. My partner answered the phone. He got his address, telephone number. When he asked him what was going on, the gentleman's response was. I think my dick fell off. <laughs> so, me being the kind of guy that I am, I stood up and I looked at my partner. I was kind of smiling and I said, Get him to say it again. <laughs> so, he says, I'm sorry, my headset kind of went in and out. Can you say that again? And he said, I think my dick fell off. Oh, and he, he says, What makes you think that? And he said, Well, I got up to go to the bathroom and when I went in there, it wasn't there, it was gone. <laughs> And, you know, we, we start thinking there's tons of things that run through your head. You know, diabetes, any kind of anything, yeah. something that could happen. So, he had none of those symptoms, nothing like that, none of that medical history. So, we send the ambulance out there. We get them out there. And it was an old school medic and a newer AMT. Mm-hmm. And they walk in there, and this gentleman weighs about 450 pounds. Yeah, big dude. A big fella. So, they walk up to him, and they're talking to him. And the OG medic makes the EMT get down and look underneath this guy's belly <laughs> to see to see if it's still there. And when the medic or when the EMT pushes in on the guy's crotch area, it pops its little head out like a turtle. <laughs> <laughs> so it, it didn't fall off. It just headed south for the winter. <laughs> you know, that's got to be one of the funniest. And, and, you know, I hate to laugh at stuff like this. But when I first started in the business, my boss, Vincent Riley, he was one of the best guys i ever had. Mm-hmm. And he told me at the very beginning, if you cannot find a way to find humor in this job, it will eat you alive.
0: Uh, he's absolutely right in it. I mean, you know, and a lot of times I've, I've said we've, you know, kind of got a sick sense of humor, stuff like that. But it's just we, we take so much just really horrible, horrible calls, some of it nonsense. You got to pick out the good from the bad. I mean, that's just something that's like that. You don't hear it every day. Right. I mean, that's that's incredible. I mean, it, you know, I obviously, I'm, I'm hoping that dude in no way was harmed by that situation, but <laughs> not physically, <laughs> you yeah, know, yes. emotionally maybe, but, right. <laughs> but yeah, that's something like that. It's, it's just something you don't hear every day. And, you know, you can sit back and it's, it's not, you know, harming anybody to, you know, have a little chuckle about it. And I hope that the guy probably, you know, had a little chuckle himself after he, found out that he was not short one body part. So.
3: <laughs>
0: right. <laughs> well, anyway, I think that'll do it for our episode today. Uh, we'll uh, be back at you again pretty soon with some more stuff. For Music City 911, I'm Brandon Hall, and with me tonight was... Brett Sharp And...
2: Kitty Hutchins.
0: Y'all have a good one.